Episode 16 of the New England Sports Media Podcast features Pete Nakos, sports reporter for the Valley News up in the Valley between New Hampshire and Vermont, former Ohio U Bobcat and current sports reporter. Pete, how is it going? What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Uh, things are good. It's been a it's 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 been a wild. What is it like eight months now? But yeah, I'm back in sports and, and happy to be back at it. No doubt. So give us a little rundown of, so you're a 2019 or 2018 college grad. Uh, so I graduated from Ohio university in Athens in 2019. Okay. Um, so I just like celebrated my like one year reunion or whatever you want to call it. Uh, okay. Yeah. So graduated in 2019 in May, 2019 um, had a couple opportunities to go a couple places. Didn't really pan out. And then I ended up, that August in uh, my own backyard, back in the Valley News and in, in West Lebanon, um, in like the Upper Connecticut River Valley. Um, back here doing that, did that for about eight months, um, and then obviously the pandemic hit and it changed everyone's lives one way or the other. And uh, I was actually only laid off for two weeks, okay. <laughs> um, and then uh, transitioned over to news at New Hampshire Public Radio. Um, I mean, I've always wanted to be a sports writer specifically, so it was definitely a change of pace for me. Um, obviously, we all do like our share of podcasts and we're multimedia journalists, but hadn't really done radio before. Um, so w- went over there, did that, helped produce a show about the pandemic and uh, was a community engagement producer and helped uh, facilitate stories, story ideas and, and sources for those reporters. So can you kind of like describe the process of when you got laid off from the Valley News and then found your the radio job? Like, how did that kind of come together? Did you know people there? Did they reach out to you? And, and you know, more of, I guess this is more kind of like advice for, for, you know, kids coming out of college probably or people who are in similar situations. But like, how did, how did you facilitate that process? So um, I, I got laid off on a Tuesday. I still like remember the day and all that. Um, and at the time, I was pretty pissed off. Um, I was like, we're only two weeks into this, and I'm already getting laid off. But um, I was lucky enough that I had um, I, I had enough connections from my time at the Valley News that when New Hampshire Public Radio knew that it needed to hire a temporary community engagement producer, my name got passed along, thanks to my former employer. Um, and then the mix of having, having um, good connections, being from New Hampshire definitely helped because I knew the landscape, obviously it's New Hampshire public radio. Um, but at the same time, just like being young, um, understanding that, I mean, at the end of the day, hard work is going to be what really sets yourself apart and just understanding that. And also um, I think I, I made a, made a name for myself in, in, in the way that like, the Valley News wanted me to go on and do good things. Um, it, it was a very mutual parting ways when I got laid off, obviously. Right. So, so um, what's so yeah? I mean, what's it been like covering say, sports like, right now? Covering sports right now is probably the weirdest thing I have ever done in my life. Um, you got to wear a mask all the time. Um, I cover New Hampshire and Vermont, so in New Hampshire. Uh, I mean, they're playing football and all that, and athletes don't have to wear masks. But then you go cover games in Vermont. And um, the games in Vermont, all the athletes wear masks. Um, and that has been a huge challenge, I know, for athletic directors. I'm working on a story about that right now. Um, but I, I, it's just so different. Um, and it's so cliche. 
but like all the coaches talk about how lucky they are, but like in all honesty, like at the end of the season, I don't really think anyone's truly going to care if they won a championship or not. It's just been the fact that like people can like be with their friends and not be able to like just get outside. I mean, it, it's something that like we forget about, but at the beginning of the pandemic, everybody was just like sitting around with nothing to do. I was kind of curious too. Cause like it's different for everyone coming out of college when you were graduating from Ohio U, what was the job search like? Like, what were you getting offers? Because we know kids who, you know, went to like Iowa to start out or some random place. So what was the yeah. job search like? And what were the offers like for you coming out of college even before the pandemic? Yeah. yeah. So when I graduated from college, I had a I had the opportunity to go to Wyoming um, and work for a small newspaper in Wyoming. And I turned that down. Um, I was like a final candidate out there. And um, I probably in my interview did not sound as excited to go to Wyoming as someone trying to get a job should have, but it, it is what it is. And then um, I interviewed for a couple more jobs. I had an opportunity to move out to California um, and work for a Gannett shop out there, which would have been cool, but um, I wasn't a hundred percent sure. And then this, this Valley news job opened and I had like gone away from like home for four years, um, which is like probably the best decision I've made in, in my like young life. But, um, I was like, okay with being in new England for my first job. And I also like, wasn't sure. I mean, the other job opportunities I had were with like big shops. And obviously I wasn't confident that like being laid off or things like that. So obviously wanted to go get my first opportunity then and just happy it panned out how it did. Um, yeah, sure. so are you, yeah. so you went to like high school in Manchester, so pretty close, but not like not like right down uh, so i'm like 90 minutes from home like where i'm okay. at um, so like definitely the space that is needed um yeah. i'm also like not like running into people that i used to all the time in high school which is what it is so uh yeah that's good though what's so, it like being like a a young dude living where you're living huh what's the experience like it's um, it's it's very interesting. I had this idea that I was gonna like befriend like Dartmouth students because like Hanover is like ten minutes away. Um, that hasn't necessarily happened just because of the pandemic, but it's been good. Um, I work with a great newsroom of people. Um, I am the youngest, so I mean that has its difficulties sometimes, but overall it's good. And then I also have like high school friends who I've like reconnected with who are like scattered throughout the Northeast. Um. It's also as as you guys know, as as a young sports writer, like the hours are crazy. So like I am not just kicking around on a Friday night and like hanging out with people. I'm like at a high school football game or field hockey and that's where I want to be, but it also doesn't necessarily lend to the, the best social life. So, so I'm curious, like the all the other twenty nineteen grads in your class, like at Ohio U, did a lot of them end up with jobs like before the pandemic and if so like were they able to keep them or did they find themselves in similar situations to you so i graduated with a handful of like guys from the student newspaper and um then over at the tv station to web um and like there's a handful of us who like are still employed in what we wanted to do like my one of my best friends spencer covers ohio state football for a startup that's actually doing really well um, so he's doing that. I also just worked with some guys who and girls who just like really wanted to do it. And it, it, the first like year and a half has just been 
brutal and like people are just going out and finding other things and it's understandable um it's also just like really tough right now to like go get another job because like you're not gonna go like go do an in-person interview you're not gonna like go win it out an in-person interview because those just aren't happening so i know of people who are still like going and getting jobs uh one of my friends who graduated in like 2018 uh kellen kellen just landed a job with the ringer um so like it it's just everybody is on their own path and um it is very different right now because of the pandemic but i will say networking like set my set me up for success and like the sense of like i feel confident going into interviews and things just because like uh i went to like the apsc national conference like going into my senior year and it's just a good way to meet editors and stuff um so yeah and what's the experience like at, at ou is it you know like a, a syracuse where it's competitive to you know cover games do broadcast what's it kind of like over there um it's uh, it, it's very competitive in its own little way. You're in a little bubble covering a Division One athletic team in the hills of Appalachia, um, so like you are not at a Missouri or Syracuse necessarily, where there's also like five other professional publications. There's just the one um, little local newspaper, the Athens Messenger. Um, Jason Arkley just does a fantastic job, and he's like a good guy to like compete with. Um, but then it's like all these different student media outlets and like student media, like runs the scene other than the Athens messenger. Um, and it is competitive, but it, in its own like way, like I wouldn't say that it's like, it's just a different level of competition because at Syracuse, like you get like ESPN rolling in the town and like you have midweek action at OU, but like, that's like not even like comparable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no. And I was lucky enough. So I worked for the Ohio athletic department for two years and traveled with football and basketball teams and like tried to be a staff writer for them. And that was awesome. But it, I don't, I'm not a PR guy. I, I want to be able to like say my opinions when, when things happen. So I went back over to the student newspaper my senior year and that was a great experience. And being able to cover division one athletics really just like opens up your eyes, about how many, how much is going on. Um, Cause you know, in the Northeast, I mean, you guys know, like we are not college athletics focused whatsoever. Um, so, but the Midwest is so college driven. And do you see people with like heavy interest, even in OU football over there? Oh yeah. I mean, alums really care. Um, they read all the stuff and then people in Southeast Ohio definitely care. I mean, Ohio state is the team, um, but people definitely care about OU football and, Interestingly enough, when it comes to football, uh, plenty of readers are from Nebraska, too, because Frank Solich coached out uh, in Nebraska for most of his life and obviously was the coach of the uh, Cornhuskers for three years, uh, four or five years, and he almost won a national title. So um, then they fired him and stuff, but he's still out in Athens. He's like in year like 16 or 18 now. And yeah, he just turned 75. He's a legend. Uh, his own right but yeah how is that how is that guy in press conferences and stuff nice guy frank is a very nice guy um frank at the same time also knows how to work the media very well because he's been doing it for most of his life um so you're just not going to get like any he's going to tell you how it is and he is always going to talk up the opponent and yeah i mean it's it's just frank um 
he's a funny guy. He's a good guy at heart. He is definitely old school though. He's as as old school as it gets. I want to say he's like the second or third oldest coach in, in college football, still coaching. So. As you've gone uh, back to the sports game, or actually, can you kind of tell us how you got back into the, how you got, like, when you got rehired? Like, was it kind of just an agreement that when things get better, you'll be back? Or, like, how did that work out? So, I was in a position where the the New Hampshire Public Radio gig was, like, a temp job. Um, But then I actually, like, not to talk myself up too much, but, like, I did well enough where they created a position, and I, like – had applied for the position and stuff and I had an opportunity possibly to work there full time. Um, but the Valley news called in like late August and I had been missing the, the, I mean, going out in the field and reporting, writing, writing about sports. Um, also just like reporting and writing that wasn't as much as my job as it had been. Um, so through talks with the Valley news and stuff, I mean, they talked me back and I, I came back and stuff, but I mean, they definitely had to talk me back into it a little bit. Um, they also understood though, like that I had missed doing the job. Um, and then completely left amicably with NHPR. And I think they're still going to hire a community engagement producer. I haven't heard about that, but yeah. Um, so yeah, it was a great experience over there though. Like definitely better journalist now because I worked in public radio. So as part of your coverage, you also do Dartmouth stuff a little bit, right? So what's, uh, how's it, how's their athletic department cover? Um, I'm guessing it probably gets less attention than the Ohio U department. And so what is like, is yeah, access pretty free reign. So like last year, for example, right, it was like my first year and I did men's and women's basketball. Cause at the time we still had a bigger Dartmouth guy. Um, and, and I could like go to practices when I wanted, if, if I wanted to like talk to a player on the phone, you talk to a player on the phone, uh, very different than my college days where like, I still went through a media relation, like an SID, um, but the SID was much more excited to talk to me on the phone than they were at OU because there was just enough coverage back there where you could be more of a nuisance as a college student than anything else, um, as you guys probably know. But yeah, I, I, free, free enough rain. Um, but the, the interesting thing about Dartmouth that I have discovered, and I mean, I knew it when I started covering this, but like they're an Ivy League school and they're a private school. So like you do not know salaries, like you cannot FOIA anything. It is all kept behind closed doors. Um, and usually that like wouldn't be the biggest problem, but like they just cut seven sports this past summer. Um, so like you don't like really know the financials and stuff. And that's obviously a huge thing right now. So as open as it is, it's also like closed off too. Um, but I guess that's what it's just kind of what it's like in the Ivy League. No, for sure. We experienced that at BU too. Like we've always wondered what coaches make and like we can't Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like very interesting. Um and, and then when they go and cut sports and like you don't have figures in front of you, you're like left to try to piece it together, but you, you just can't. Um so so what is uh so when you're balancing like covering the two different athletics like conferences or in states, um, are there a lot of different rules that you kind of have to like write down and kind of like remember how things work? Do they is there a lot of overlap? Do they play each other? Like what's it like covering two different states for uh, high school athletics? So like when when I took the job, I was like, man, this is gonna be a lot. But then you, you get out there and do it, and like soccer, soccer, um, the clock stoppage is a little di- a little bit different sometimes, but not a lot. Um, there aren't that many 
rule differences. I, you just have to like remember. Um, it, it, I was I will honestly say the biggest challenge is like I'm from New Hampshire, so like I know all like the New Hampshire like teams and mascots and logos, but like Vermont is like this brand new world to me. Like there's like a team called like the Mill River Minutemen, and like there's just like team names that like I've never heard of. So just making sure you're on the ball about that stuff and, and things like that. And also just making sure you like know the state history so you can actually put some things in contact. Right. Um, so. And what's your schedule like now? Like, are you guys going into an office at all? Or are you just going to games and working from home? So I am working from home and going to games. I can go in the office, but they're only letting six like editors and reporters and they're at a time, um, which is understandable. It, it, I can, I don't feel like the job changes that much um, in the sense of like, I can still do what I need to do. I do miss like the camaraderie though. Like we talked about this earlier. I'm, I'm young. Like I'm, I'm like social. I like want to go talk to people and just having to like sit in your apartment and then like go like cover games can like be a down or sometimes, but it also gives way to like, I mean, when you're young and stuff, you're also like super hungry to like go do more features. So I find myself like maybe taking some free time to like spend some more time on other stories and things like that. Um, but yeah. You have any uh, features in the works right now? What are you working on? Yeah. So I got two stories coming out on Sunday. One is about um, mask enforcement. Um, obviously like that's been a big thing. Definitely in Vermont too, just because um they have to wear masks when they play. So like athletic directors haven't had to stop games because kids wearing down like chin straps and stuff. And um, it's just like been this huge headache for so many different parties this year. Um, and then I'm working on another story at a local high school made like black lives matter t-shirts and just talking about how student athletes are um, taking on social issues in the upper Valley. Um, and also like striking the chord of the difference of like, trying to understanding what black lives matter means. Um, and also like not just doing it to be like, um, like a professional athlete. Um, cause I mean, what happened this summer was awful and the way the NBA and WNBA responded, I mean, was needed, but now high school kids just also have to understand like what it means when you take a knee during the national anthem. And it's not just like to be in the spotlight. So. And, and the kids I've talked to completely understand that, but I just think it's a important thing to have a conversation about. Yeah, definitely. And with the, the first story you're working on, do you find that like talking to athletic directors and coaches, do you find that they see like the mass as a burden or do you find that they're like angry with their kids for not adhering to it? Like wh where does that kind of, where do these guys kind of stand on that? Um, most of the athletic directors I've talked about, like completely understand why people need to wear masks. Um, they find it to be most frustrating because it's just like, at this point, like we're like, we're almost like a year into this pandemic. I mean, like we're like over six months in. So it's almost like beating the drum and like, no one's listening. And you're like talking to like a wall sometimes. And Obviously, athletic directors can understand how, like, when you're an 18-year-old student, you might not, like, think it's, like, the biggest deal in the world. But, I mean, it is a big deal, and it is the rule, and this is the rule, so you have to follow it. It has been interesting to talk to some, like, football officials, though, about, like, 
I talked to one football official in Vermont yesterday and Vermont's doing seven V seven football this year, not, not contact. And he said that when like kids don't wear masks, like he sends them off, like it would be if like a helmet popped off. Um, so just how like different parties handle it very differently. Um, and at the end of the day, everyone's just trying to get people to wear masks. So everyone's safe. For sure. For sure. All right. I think that's all we got, Pete. We appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Yeah.